Welcome to the North Sound Church Podcast. For more information about North Sound Church, please visit our website at northsoundchurch.com. It's funny because before I'm like, come on, Kevin, like, has there been any other pastor who forgets to turn on that thing when they stand up? (laughs) Well, Happy New Year. Hey, that was a great guitar solo, by the way. Really well done. That was good. It was really good. I could have done that after, too, but... Well, Happy New Year to you. How many of you stayed up all night till midnight? Yes? Okay. All right. One o'clock? Anybody? One o'clock? One o'clock? One o'clock? New York time. There it is. Did you watch the apple drop, or do they still do the apple? Oh, and uh, yeah, we got a call. I think it was six in the afternoon from our family in Portugal. Happy New Year! as they rang it in over there, and some of us may have watched the shows as it goes around the different time zones and had fun. Second question, how many of you made New Year's resolutions this year? Again, the same one as last year, right? Well, you can elbow that person next to you and say, that's all right, you can lose a few pounds too, all right? We all can. Well, it's good to see you here. The headlines, as we look back at this last year, um, boy, there was a lot of them, weren't there? And uh, I was just thinking through some of them, and maybe uh, you have some other ones than I have, but these are some of the ones I remember from this last year. One of them, of course, just recently, the Queen of England passed away. Wasn't that something? And uh, I'm sure many of you watched the, uh, the funeral and all of the things surrounding that. And then early in the year... The invasion of Ukraine, that's still going on. That was a headline of 2022. The monkeypox outbreak, remember that? Inflation, I've read that it hasn't been this bad for 40 years since the 80s there. The baby food shortage, how in the world did that happen, right? And all the other supply chains thing things that happened. Roe versus Wade was overturned this year. That's a a landmark decision. This year, the world population, yes, that's true. This year, the world population passed 8 billion people. I remember when it turned 5 billion, and some of you remember when it turned a lot less than that. And then, of course, uh, ongoing headlines of mass shootings and border crises and nations in turmoil. And those are some of the headlines that the world saw, but some of us had our own personal headlines that were significant moments in our lives. Some of us in this place, our loved ones, went to be with the Lord. I remember... um, at the Christmas concert, one of my favorite memories was, uh, or moments, was looking across the same aisle that I was sitting in, and there was Craig standing there with the Hallelujah Chorus. And I think it was Bob and Cece who turned around and said, that was amazing. And it's hard, unexpected loss. And each of us around this room, if we took time, we could go and share some highlights and some lowlights. Our friends in India have seen some amazing things that, that have happened, and, and you've heard him when he's been here share 
And, uh, but this, this, just a couple of weeks ago, he sent a video to us that said, uh, please be in prayer. Here are some of our new believers. And I, I, this Christmas, Pastor Barry, I was, uh, we were enjoying a family Christmas, and I, I sat down and was sharing with them what we are partnering with, North Sound Church in India, the church planting movement. And then I showed this video, which I was going to show to you today, but in seeing her response, I thought I better not, but I'll tell you about it. Because as I showed her this video, what it was was uh, a few ladies and a man who were surrounded by a bunch of people from their village, and a few of those villagers had big sticks with them, and they were beating these women and these men, and they were falling to the ground. No one was coming in to help. And as I shared that video with this, uh, this individual, she dropped her glass in shock. She said, we have no idea. What the world, uh, the Christians around the world are doing uh, as they stand for the name of Jesus. And here we are, able to raise our hands, and I'm so grateful we can this morning in this first day of 2023. But, but our friends in other places suffer consequences for proclaiming the name of Jesus. The world has been in a constant state of disarray and confusion and brokenness from the beginning, hasn't it? As we look at the history of the children of Israel and read the scriptures, they experience great times of God's blessing and they experience some very difficult times. Tremendously difficult. Heartache and misery. But the difference was how they responded to the covenant of God for them. And you remember the scriptures that said, my people, if you do this, oh, I'm going to bless you. You're not even going to be able to handle the blessing. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. But if you don't do this, I love you so much. I don't want sin to destroy you. So there, there will be consequences. And I'll allow some of the surrounding nations to be that instrument to bring you back to repentance. And you know as you read the stories of whether it's the judges, you know, every 70 years they seem to go back into uh, forgetting the blessings of God. About 700 years before the coming of Jesus, there was a prophet, Micah. And he was from an agricultural village about 25 miles outside of Jerusalem. Now, if they had internet or they had newspapers back then, the main storylines swirling in their conversations or in their communities uh, might have been something like this. New temple for Asherah is now open on Temple Street and Gateway. Enjoy the prostitution, fortune tellers, and sorcery that abound. That's what was happening in his day. Ever since Solomon came into town and forgot what, what God's promise was to him, he really became unwise and welcomed in the idol worship. And they struggled and struggled. Another headline would have been corrupt business practices and the seizing of property on another widow. This was against Jewish law. She couldn't pay her debts. 
But Jewish law says don't take away the property of the citizens of this place. But they were doing it. Injustice towards the lowly, mistreatment of women and children, unjust business practices, exploitations of the poor. And Micah saw these things. Here's another one. Headline of the day in in Micah, 700 years before Jesus came. Temple priests hike again the fee for ritual sacrifices. Get your offering sacrifices fulfilled without the need for repentance. And that was going on. Another one, probably something like the Inquirer would have posted this headline that says, Isaiah the crazy prophet who was living at the same time as Micah. Names future instrument of God's judgment, Cyrus. Well, what was interesting with this is Isaiah did name Cyrus as an instrument God was going to use 150 years before Cyrus was born. And you can read that in the book of Isaiah. Another one, our king Ahaz leads the way and sacrifices his own sons in the fire to Moloch. Can you believe that? The king was doing that right in front of them. Oh, here's a picture of an etching that I I pulled up for you to kind of walk with me through some of these things. Moloch was, uh, uh, and there was another one, Chemosh, but what they would do is it was a bronze um, casting that was hollow, and they would put uh, flames, uh, fire inside of that, and it would cause it to glow, and around these gods were um, the instrumentalists who would be uh, playing their music so loudly that you couldn't hear the screams of the, of the little ones who were put on the, the hot, sizzling uh, hands. And that's what was going on. These were the headlines of the day. Israel's kings and most of Judah's kings had long since turned their back on Yahweh, who had promised prosperity and peace, but instead they had adopted the gods of their surrounding nations. There was Baal. You remember that one? Aaron even made a Baal. Elijah, the story of Baal and the fire that came down. But they struggled with that. The supreme god of the Canaanites. There was Asherah, the, the Canaanite female fertility goddess who was worshipped. A lot of male and female prostitution was going on with this cult and child sacrifice. The worship of Chemosh Chemosh as well at ritual sacrifice of children. Can you believe that? These are the people of Israel. So in this setting, God sends and continued to send his prophets. Like Micah, those who would remind Israel and Judah to turn away from these idols, and come back to a worship of God. Because God would not tolerate their actions for very long. Yet in the midst of this, these prophecies that judgment was going to come, there would often be hope that was embedded. Over these last few weeks, as we've sung our Christmas carols, some of you may have sung that one, We Three Kings. Remember that one? And I'm not going to try right now, but 
Born a king in Bethlehem's plain. Gold I bring to crown him again. King forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. It was a prophetic word that, that you can find in Micah. That drew the wise men to go on a journey and follow a star. Now that star verse comes from numbers. It was what Balaam, when he was hired to curse Israel, he actually gave this promise. And he prophesies, I see him, but not now. I, I behold him, but not near. He was looking ahead in time, and he says, a star will come out of Jacob. And so the wise men, maybe they came from that same place where, where Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were. And with their writings, they, they knew something was coming. So when they arrived, after following the star, they come and see King Herod there in Jerusalem. He says, hey, where is this king? We, we have followed his star from the east. Uh, tell us where he is. And, and King Herod's like, what in the world are you talking about? And it says that he gathers all of his chief priests and his scribes together and, and huddles them up and says, what's going on? Where is this found? And they open up this passage right out of Micah. They say in Bethlehem and Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. And this next slide is what it says. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, or the next one after that, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So Herod calls the magi or the wise men together and says, okay. I know where he is. He's in Bethlehem. So go and, and search for him. And when you find him, come back and tell me. And you know the story. They go and they worship. They bring their gifts. And it says they followed the star. And it stopped over the place where the child was. And, and when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. This is in Matthew chapter 2. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother. And they bowed down and worshiped him and gave him the gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh, but being warned in a dream, they went another way. And Herod was furious when he heard. So furious that he went and he looked again at the timetable and he went to Bethlehem and killed every male boy under two years of age. Micah provides one of the most significant prophecies of the birth of Jesus, pointing some 700 years ahead to the very place where Jesus would be born. Micah, like many prophets, have, have two parts in their, their stories, in their books. One of judgment, it's coming, watch out, but also one of restoration of God's people. And it may have been these very words that we find coming up in Micah 6, 8 that caused the next king, after Ahaz, the one who actually burned his kids through the fire, his son was named Hezekiah. He lived during the time of Micah, and it may have very well been the verse that we're going to talk about today that caused a change of his heart. Hezekiah. 
brought sweeping religious reform throughout the land. He, he smashed all of the idols, all of the high places, all of the poles that were symbolic. And he destroyed them. He reestablished worship. Again, the sacrifice that Moses had talked about, he brought. And he lived so radically. Micah, when he's writing this, this passage, and you can read it in chapter 6, the, the picture he paints is so bleak. And so the people are asking, well, what in the world can we do to stave off this judgment that God's going to bring? What can we bring to this Lord? Should we bring him some burnt offerings? Maybe that will make him happy. Should we bow before uh, the, the God Most High with offerings of, of year-old calves? W would that appease him? Should we offer him 10,000 rams? That should do the trick. And 10,000 rivers of oil, of olive oil? They even say this in verse 7 of chapter 6. Should we offer sacrifices of our firstborn children? like Ahaz did, to pay for our sins? And what does Micah say through the word of the Lord? He says, no, that's not what God wants. The Lord has told you what is good and what he requires of you. And I think this could be a verse for you and for me for this year of 2023. You don't have to give 10,000 rams. You don't have to give 10,000 rivers of olive oil. Maybe you and I could think about what Hezekiah did and do the following. Do what is right to love kindness and to walk humbly with our God. You should write those down. In 2023, what should I do? Do justice. I should love kindness and walk humbly with my God. So what exactly what Hezekiah did, and he trusted in the Lord, and it says there was no king like Hezekiah before him or after him. None. Who walked with his Lord. So in essence, what, what Micah is saying here was that the Lord wants his people to respond to his grace and goodness in their lives. How many of you have experienced God's grace and goodness in your life? Yeah. And he wants us to respond with justice and kindness and faithfulness. Do what is right. Point number one, really quickly, do justice. It's our actions. Justice has become a really popular word. With young evangelicals today, we, we even hear the word social justice. And sometimes that can replace the good news of Jesus, which should never, but boy, is it ever a good compliment to the gospel. And Micah was emphasizing action over talk. When I was in India, there's a, a cafe called Shiro's. It's called Shiro's Hangout. 
And Shiro's Hangout is a place where they are bringing dignity to specifically young women. What happens in India, Pakistan, countries all over the world, in fact. England is probably one of the highest per capita places of acid throwing. And what they will do is if you push back in advance by a potential suitor or you say no to them because they want to marry you, they will often throw acid back in your face. And there are thousands in India. There's probably up to three a day of this happening. And what the acid does is it, is it tightens the skin. It burns off your eyelids. It takes off your nose specifically to take away dignity of the person, to shame them for life, and even family members don't know what to do and can't handle it. So this group called Shiro's takes these, these young ladies and gives them a place to learn how to bake and serve coffee. And they could tell the story of this terrible crime which has now become more and more elevated and it is now punishable significantly. And there's a few of these, these hangouts. There was one, Pastor Barry, in Udaipur where we uh, visit and uh, we went to see and the people who were, they were smiling. They had purpose. This group of people said we can do justice for those who cannot speak for themselves. One definition of justice is to inspire a world where all people can have equal opportunity to fully develop the gifts that God has placed within them. You can do justice by adoption, foster care, tutoring, you name it, in serving the community. Doing justice is also developmental, meaning that we just don't give things away because it doesn't really work in the long run, and we see this all the time in Africa. In fact, we just got back, and I have a picture here of this individual um, on the left, uh, on the right of me, and he's the chief of the village. This is with the Maasai. And when we come in with our entrepreneurial um, ministry, really, because what we do is we say, God made you to be creative and to be the solution of breaking poverty in your communities. And we use the biblical principles to help reinforce that. But this individual to my right said, the last white people who came to our village built us a building. But you came and transformed our minds. Because God created them, not the UN or the World Bank to solve their problems, right? Welfare doesn't work here, and it certainly doesn't work over there. A story of this anthill there, that, you know those termite mounds? Really cool. And they're all over the place. Pastor Solomon came to our training, and he, uh, he went back, and he said to these, these folks who were drunkards, they call them drunkards, who are being discipled now, and he says, God has given us a vision. We can transform our community, but we got nothing but our arms. But what can we do? And one of them pointed to these anthills and said, let's make some bricks. The ants had done most of the work bringing up the good clay to the, to the surface, and they just collected them and formed them and fired them, and they made 27,000 bricks. 
27,000 bricks. They sold them. They made a few thousand dollars. And they said, wow, does this ever work? They made 67,000 more bricks. They sold those. They donated to the local school. They donated to the local church. People who had no purpose before now had purpose. That's doing justice. And now they have a pot of $10,000 that they've earned. Now they are giving their own microloans for people in their community. The second thing after doing justice is to love mercy. God desires for us to love mercy. Or in some translations, it's kindness. And this is a Hebrew word, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but it means kindness of men towards men. Love kindness. Love mercy. To have compassion on those in need, and it's not always easy, is it, as we see human needs. We see it on the street corners, and we're bombarded in the media. But God is saying to us through Micah, as one of my people, I want you to love mercy because you receive mercy. So give mercy. I was reading a book on, on Christian entrepreneurs, and, and the author of it says a good test for us in these two areas that we've talked about is to look at our checking account and our bank statements, our investments, and everything else in your financial profit and schedule And ask ourselves if we see a clear direction towards fulfilling God's purposes and his agenda. Or do we see those numbers focused on our own agenda? One of my heroes is this fellow here. The next slide is uh, Todd. Remember Todd? Todd was the, the founder of Hand in Hand. And I first met Todd when we were at a gathering at Campbell where your boys were putting on an event for those who were making a difference in the community. And I sat next to Todd, and I heard him say what was happening this year, and he was just broken or carrying a lot. And he told a recent story of how they, as hand in hand, they have a place called Safe Place Within. And what they do is they go in, uh, they're called when there's an emergency or crisis in the community, Policemen are there, firemen are there, and they're having to rescue the kids, little ones, from domestic violence situations. And, and Todd was saying often they take these little ones because they, there's no transition right away into the foster care system. There's, there's no social worker that has room in the front seat of their car for these little ones, and so hand-in-hand hand comes in and provides a safe place. And They take these little ones, sometimes with cigarette burns on them, or they have scabies. They take them to the hospital. They get them cleaned up. And then they take them back to safe place, and they just hold them and rock them until they can get absorbed. If you want to do something significant, hold a little one. So he was talking, Todd was, about the need in the community and the need for foster care. And he said, if, wo- if only one church supported one family in the state of Washington, there would not be any need for foster care. All the kids would be taken care of. And then I had to go next because it was my turn to talk. And I'm like, Todd, I'm so sorry. 
that we as a church have not stepped up to these needs that you guys are seeing every day. So Todd is one of my heroes. He's, he's transitioned out of, of Hand in Hand, and, uh, and they have great leadership there, and I know some of our own are a part of the, what goes on there. So if you want to get involved and you want to love mercy, here's a great organization. Or you, like your benevolence, which, which we collect every time we do communion, and it goes out by the thousands to support local food banks and the Union Gospel Mission. You guys are making a difference through your benevolence. Thank you. And finally, number three, to walk humbly with your God. In 2023, it's the basis for loving God and doing mercy as if we have a relationship with Him. Cultivating our walk with God provides the power and the passion for us to fully engage with Him. Think about your relationship with God as walking along with a wise teacher. It's what the disciples did and as they walked with their rabbi, which is their word for teacher. They watched Jesus not only proclaim the kingdom of God, but also practically bring good news to the poor, to bring liberty to the captives and, and that they could see the Lord's favor. The walk is a metaphor for us that of, of how to describe our overall direction our, our life is heading. The word humbly moves us away from a self-centered focus and into a, a place with him. Remember that hymn, Trust and Obey? Trust and Obey? There's a part of the song that says this, When we walk with the Lord, in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, do, he abides with us still and with all who trust and obey. There's a story, Sean, it reminds me of you and your boys, of a, a little boy playing in a sandbox and he was working so diligently and industriously, building roads with his toy truck, and all went well until he discovered in his sandbox a, a big rock, which was very frustrating for him because it was right in the way of where he was going with his toy trucks. It's okay, he thought, I'll just move this thing. So he starts digging around this rock, and he starts pulling, and, and he begins to to sweat a little bit, and he was stuck in his task, and his hands began to hurt. But that stubborn rock just stayed there. Finally, he gave up in despair, and he, his shoulders come down, and he ends up in a miserable heap on the edge of the sandbox. But his father was watching from the window, and joined him in the yard, and he says, Hey, son, what's the problem? And his son, with tears in his eyes, says, Dad, I've tried and I've tried, but I can't move this rock. It's stuck. And his lips were quivering. Tear-stained face as he looked up to his dad. Well, I think I know what's wrong, son, he says. You're not using all your strength. 
But Dad, I did use all my strength. I tried with all my strength, but it wasn't enough. And so the dad just kneels gently and cups his son's chin, lifts it up. Ah, but you didn't use all your strength because you didn't ask me. Life is hard, isn't it? Life is hard. And yet we think we can do it all on our own, and so many of us live our lives day to day thinking, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, and we don't do it. We push and we pull and we strive and we work and we sweat and we cry. And all the while, our Father is standing there ready to impart His strength into us to do His will. And if we would only take a moment to listen, we would hear his voice saying, my child, you're not using all the strength that's available to you. You never asked me for help. Remember that verse? Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. So maybe in 2023, we could stop trying to move the rocks on our own. We could do justice. We could love mercy. We could walk humbly with our God. Invite the worship team to come on up as we close in prayer. So in 2023, here we go. Are you ready? What is required of us? But would you say this with me? Do justice. Love kindness and walk humbly with your God. Let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful that in the midst of chaos, you sent your word through Micah that changed the course of history through the next king, Hezekiah, who listened to it. And in repentance, the whole nation was saved for a season. As they did justice and loved mercy and walked humbly with their God. And I pray that in 2023, we at North Sound Church, we would do the same. We would look around in the community. We would respond to the grace that you've given us, and we too would think through this year, how could we do justice? Lord, would you lead me in a place of serving that will make a difference? Love mercy. Father, is there a place where we can give our time and resources to meet those who can't help themselves and reflect your grace and, of course, walk humbly with your God. There's Bible studies coming up in small groups and prayer times. Lord, maybe 2023 is the time to engage with others and together walk closer to you. And we thank you. We thank you for all of your goodness and that you're standing there right beside us and you're kneeling down just like that father in the story and say, I'm here to help. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.